You're hearing the Echoes Podcast, and I'm John DiLiberto. I'm going to take a look at the Big Ears Festival 2020, and we'll remember drummer Yoon Christensen. The Big Ears Festival is about five weeks away with another stunning, mind-expanding, and overwhelming schedule of live performances pushing the envelope of music. I'll talk with founder Ashley Capps about it. The vision behind Big Ears is to find connections between these things and not to become any one of them. Then we remember drummer Yoon Christensen. His percussion was the sound of ECM Records, recording with Keith Jarrett, Terry Ripdahl, Jan Gabarik, Ralph Towner, and so many others. He left the planet this past Tuesday at the age of 76. I'll look back on his career, and we'll hear Christensen himself talking about his life and music with an unpublished interview I recorded in 1996. That's all ahead. Fly your Echoes colors high with the new 30th anniversary Echoes t-shirt. It's a black t-shirt with the Echoes logo radiating into space in royal blue lettering. Go to echoes.org and pick up your Echoes t-shirt today. Summer is closer than you think. And now get ready to have your oral canals roto-rooted with Big Ears 2020. I like to think that on Echoes, I stretch ears and make music connections, but at the Big Ears Festival, ears are shattered and reformed and connections work on a galactic scale. It's a festival that has punk rock pioneer Patti Smith and minimalist pioneer Terry Riley. You can find a Hendrix-inspired guitarist from Niger and an ambient improvising jazz trio from Australia. The Big Ears Festival is produced by Ashley Capps, who also produces Bonnaroo. I talked to him for a preview of Big Ears 2020. The Big Ears Festival can be overwhelming, with some hundred performances in some 15 venues scattered across downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Even for the initiated, it can be paralyzing in its abundant choices. I recognize, of course, that there is something of a contradiction in programming, especially a lot of this music that, uh, you know, ask for focused, concentrated, deep listening, if you will, and, um, and then programming other things against it, you know, and setting up all of these choices. Caps acknowledges that FOMO is a concern. For me, it's part of the dynamic of the festival, and I really hope that as people make their decisions in navigating through the festival, that uh, you know they they tend to stick with those decisions. So I, I, I liken it a little bit to uh, going to a restaurant where you don't expect to eat all of the entrees. Um, you, you, you go in, you've got a nice selection of things to choose from, and you make your choices and enjoy them. Ashley 
Ashley Capps is speaking to me from his command center in Knoxville. On his walls are a photograph of Frank Zappa, as well as a little-known Norwegian band called Lemon Drones. And there's also a picture of Capps and his wife at Bonnaroo. They aren't wearing tie-dye. Big Ears is a curated festival, and Capps personally selects every artist who is booked. I don't book anything that I don't know. There will be instances where artists will contact me and I learn about them from that contact. But I would say at least 80% of what we book, I'm, um, I'm familiar with long before the process of actually booking the festival gets started, uh, maybe even more. Among those artists are Emdu Mokhtar, a guitarist from Niger, who Caps discovered opening for Tame Impala. It's artists like this who make it hard to find a center to big ears when you see them scheduled against someone like minimalist pioneer Terry Riley, celebrating his 85th birthday at the festival. It's amazing, you know, and I just saw him perform a few months ago, too, and, you know, he is just musically and personally and spiritually he just seems to be in this extraordinary space at this moment you know the guy's like at the height of his powers among riley's several performances at big ears will be one with chronos quartet For decade-long collaboration that has brought dozens of new Riley compositions forth. Chronos founder, David Harrington. Someone like Terry, and there's really no one else like him, but for me, his work just keeps getting more and more amazing as time goes on. Another returning artist to Big Ears is Meredith Monk. She'll be making her third appearance following last year's transcendent performance of her cellular songs. With Meredith in particular, she's embraced the festival in a way that's uh, been very moving and affirming to me personally, and uh, came to us with the idea of the world premiere of this collaboration that she has with Bang on a Can and then um, the world premiere of this intimate duo that she's doing with John Hollenbeck. How do you say no to that, you know? I mean, Meredith is, is not the kind of artist where you go see one concert and you say, okay, I've got it. The, this is an artist who is, you know, extraordinarily creative and exploring so many different ideas throughout her career that, um, the opportunity to, to work with her and be a platform for some of these ideas to be presented to an appreciative audience is irresistible.
A band that exemplifies the Big Ears ethos is The Next. They've been called jazz, new age, avant-garde, and even though they're from Australia, Krautrock. Every next performance begins at ground zero with nothing planned. The next Lloyd Swinton and Chris Abramson speaking to me at Big Ears 2016. We're open to everything. Um, and also just on the, the point of um, us evolving, 30 years is a long time. I, I, I would hope that we'd changed. I think there'd be something a little bit strange if we were still sounding exactly the same. Some groups do. Rolling Stones still sound the same. Well, yeah, that's just yeah, that's just not what, what we're uh, set up to do. Having said that, we you know we do actually don't we we actually don't mind sounding the same or trying to sound the same. It's just it always ends up sounding different. They're an ensemble that, for me personally, I I can't get enough. It's almost always a revelation to experience. Artists often don't follow expectations at Big Ears. Take, for instance, John Paul Jones. He was the bass player with Led Zeppelin, but don't expect to hear a whole lot of love. Let me pause here for just a minute, see how to put this. We have worked to carefully let people know that John Paul Jones is doing something here besides playing old Led Zeppelin tunes and I think that anyone who has followed John Paul Jones career over the years knows that uh, you know he has a very multifaceted artistic sensibility. Jones's duo with cellist Ansi Cartooning called Sons of Chipotle has a sensibility that will sound less like Led Zeppelin and more like this. Not Stairway to Heaven, but Ashley Katz is sure there will be some Zeppelin t-shirts present. I'm sure there will be some. I mean, we're all, we're all Zeppelin fans, let's face it. Between booking big ears with 100-plus artists, Bonnaroo with around 150, and various regular concerts produced by Caps's EC Entertainment, you'd think the promoter would be listening to music 24-7. The older I've gotten, the more I listen in a really focused way. You know, maybe two or three hours on an average day and don't use music as background music. I do appreciate silence. Silence? Big Ears Festival? What's that? New music intersections will be heard, whether it's guitarist William Tyler and avant-harpist Mary Lattimore's new Electric Appalachia collaboration, the Icelandic electronic folk of Moom,
or jazz legend Anthony Braxton with his Super Collider computer system and Thunder Music Ensemble. The vision behind Big Ears is to find connections between these things and not to become any one of them. Big Ears Festival 2020 takes place in Knoxville, Tennessee, March 26th through 29th, with non-stop music from noon until past midnight. Plus, there are music talk panels and films. You can get more information at BigEarsFestival.org. Go to BigEarsFestival.org for more information about Big Ears. And on the posting for this uh, show today, I've got a list of all the tunes that I played on the feature. I'm definitely going to be at Big Ears this year. Last year, Big Ears celebrated the 50th anniversary of ECM Records, and now a big part of the ECM legend and sound drummer Yoon Christensen has splashed his last cymbal. We remember him in the Echoes podcast. This past Monday, the rhythm of the world got a little less interesting with the passing of Jun Christensen. He was a drummer who defined the sound of Norwegian jazz through his more than 70 recordings on ECM records. He was effectively the house drummer, playing with Keith Jarrett, Tegi Rupdal, Jan Gabarik, Ralph Towner, and so many others. Now, he's left the planet, stroking his last cymbal on February 18th, 2020. Jun Christensen was born on March 20th, 1943. He was largely self-taught on drums because they didn't teach jazz in school and the Oslo jazz scene was pretty small. He remembers playing a snare drum along to the radio. In my 1996 interview with him in Oslo, he attributed his unique freestyle to never having a teacher. If I had started out studying and Try to play like you know Philly Joe or later Cobham, Steve Gadd, you know, then I would be just one of those copies of those great drummers, you know. So I found out that if I go my own way, you know, and still get gigs and still play today, you know, for me it's the perfect thing. Let me put it this way: I play what I feel like because I can't play anything else. But the music could be very structured. But I would still play unstructured. Christensen was playing in a Norwegian big band at age 15. As American jazz players came through Oslo looking for pickup bands, Christensen got to play with the legends like Bud Powell, Don Ellis, Ben Webster, Stan Getz, 
Kenny Dorham, and Dexter Gordon. Eventually, he began ingesting the music of free jazz, listening to John Coltrane, Sun Ra, the Art Ensemble of Chicago, and drummers like Elvin Jones, Art Blakey, and Billy Higgins. He became part of American composer and pianist George Russell's group, which often included guitarist Terry Riptal, bassist Errol Danderson, and saxophonist Jan Gabarik. They made some landmark and challenging albums, including the Othello Ballet Suite and Electronic Sonata, The Souls Loved by Nature. The Core Quartet went on to form the Esoteric Circle and released one album of post-Coltrane-style jazz in 1969 that showed how ferocious these young players could be. And then they were signed to ECM Records, recording the seventh album on the legendary label in 1970, Afrique All their lives changed when Monfred Eicher formed ECM Records and began recording Norwegian artists. Christensen became the house drummer of the label. He said the approach of ECM and his fellow musicians was not based in the blues of most jazz, but their own traditions. Because we listened to those free kind of records, you know, with Albert Eiler, Art Ensemble of Chicago, Ornette Coleman, Cecil Taylor, Sönra. So um, we had this idea that uh, if they could play kind of free, you know, and mix whatever thing they wanted, we could also do the same thing in Norway with our background, which is definitely not the blues, but the Norwegian folk music and, the, you know. So all this kind of music that we have heard since we were small kids, you know, in Norway, we had that in our head and then listening to American music, listening to African drummers, Indian tabla players, whatever, classical music, Stravinsky, everything, rock and roll, Elvis. And then we tried to play as honestly as we could, you know, with all that kind of thing. Christensen was the perfect drummer for Monfred Eicher's more spacious approach to recording jazz. His cymbals shimmered in color patterns across the stereo field while his tom-toms seemed to come from a deeper well of sound. The contrast of Christensen's drumming with most jazz players was most apparent with pianist Keith Jarrett. In the 1970s, Jarrett had one quartet in the U.S. with bassist Charlie Hayden, saxophonist Dewey Redman, and drummer Paul Motion recording on Impulse Records, and then another in Norway with Jan Gabarik, bassist Paula Danielson, and Christensen recording on ECM. Motion was a cerebral drummer who could play free time, but on five albums, Christensen created a sound world of shifting colors for Jarrett to roll over. 
Jon Christensen didn't think of his playing as rhythm, but more as waves. Since I stopped playing uh, that kind of uh, bebop-oriented music and uh, got away from the 4-bar, 8-bar, 16-bar phrases, so we could actually stretch the music and play more long lines going over the, the bridge, the one, skip all that and then play long waves instead. Ewan Christensen was always true to his own sound, no matter the context, but for me, he was best heard in his recordings with guitarist Talia Ripdahl. These were freewheeling electric affairs that came out of a more psychedelic approach to free playing. The trio with Ripdahl and trumpet of Paula Mickelborg was both explosive and cerebral. A live performance I saw from them in 1979 was one of the most transcendent shows I've ever seen. In the 1980s, Christensen had a group with bassist Arild Anderson called Masquilero, named for a Wayne Shorter tune. The band included trumpeter Nils Petamolvere. Christensen performed with artists as diverse as Indian violinist El Shankar and American saxophone legend Charles Lloyd. Yoon Christensen was an acclaimed musician, and many wondered how someone could develop such a distinctive and technically virtuosic sound, according to Christensen, just by not practicing. I never practiced, so I can't say any day or year or anything. Let's say in the end of the 60s. When I was going to play with George Russell, I knew I had to practice because I had all these things to read. So maybe I was practicing 14 days in 1967. That's the last time. Yoon Christensen passed away on February 18th, 2020. He died in his sleep the age of 76. As I surveyed his music, I was struck by just how much a part of my musical life he's been. Listening just today in the car to the album De Sandra with Mickelborg and Ripdahl, I was transported not just into the past, but into a panoramic sound field of deeply intuitive improvisation, three minds sculpting sound in space, orbiting the drumming of Ewan Christensen.
loss. Too many people are departing the Echosphere lately. If you don't know Jon Christensen's work, I'll have a list of some key albums in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Next week on the Echoes podcast, I'll be talking to Anna Sobel about her new album, Myopia, which will be the Echoes CD of the Month for March. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. Don't forget to do your part to help us continue bringing you great music, remembering great musicians like Ewan Christensen, and taking you inside artists and events like Big Ears. We really can't do it without you, so donate at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S, dot org, O-R-G. See you next week, tonight, on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online, right now, on Echoes. Echoes.